Welcome to Season 2 of Positivity Strategist. This season is called Appreciative Voice and Choice, in which we talk about seven literacies for living and leading in this century. I'm Robin Stratton Burkessel. And I'm Sally Lee. We're co-hosts of Season 2. This season is called Appreciative Voice and Choice, Literacies for Living and Leading in This Century. And for 10 shows, that's what we'll be talking about. Welcome to Season 2 of Positivity Strategist. Sally Lee and I are co-hosting this entire season dedicated to the theme of appreciative voice and choice, literacies for living and leading in our times. We'll begin exploring the concepts of appreciative voice and choice and a set of life literacies to work with that are based on the appreciative inquiry principles. We hope these literacies will help bring us to a greater relational agility and bring that into our lives every day and in just about every way. And for those of you who are long-term listeners of Positivity Strategist podcast, you know that the transformational change methodology, Appreciative Inquiry, and its guiding principles are the foundation to the show. And you know from the last show, Sally is also a seasoned Appreciative Inquiry practitioner. And for this season, our intention is to take you along with us as we introduce and develop seven literacies to uplift our individual and collective appreciative voice. This introduction today is covering a lot of bases. And let's remind you then that we have a show notes page where you can read more about what we're talking about and access any references that we mentioned during this show. And to do that, you go to the show notes page at appreciativevoice.com, which is a website dedicated to this season. So let's get going. Let's get, let me start again. To get us going today, let's look back at where all this started for us and let's talk about how the concept of appreciative voice has emerged. Early in 2017, a couple of months after the U.S. elections, I was reading Facebook posts one day and felt overwhelmed by the negativity and viciousness of the entries. Wherever you live in the world, you'll most likely remember the divisiveness of the voices we were hearing in news and social media around that time. I felt muted that I had lost my way in expressing myself in the face of so much discord. I didn't want to simply add to the negative discourse I was hearing. I got the feeling that I needed, you know, I needed some voice lessons to get me back on track. I began thinking about what might be more life-giving and more in line with all the training I'd had over the years through appreciative inquiry. Things came to mind such as you move in the direction of what you focus on and think about and what one of the AI principles, social constructionism, tells us. Words make worlds. It made me see newly that we are what we talk about. It hit me over the head like a ton of bricks. The way the relational world unfolds from here depends on what we talk about and how we talk about it. The only way the future is created is through conversation, and each of us is part of that. 
And Sally, you know, I first heard about Appreciative Voice in 2017 when you introduced it at our Appreciative Inquiry gathering and celebration at the Cooper Writer Centre in Burlington, Vermont. I remember that you'd been part of the, um, or you'd been a member of the planning team for that event, and you came up with this concept of Appreciative Voice. Remind me of what emerged in those planning meetings. Well, uh, Robin, we were casting about for a resonant theme for the gathering, and it came to me that the idea of focusing on our daily voices in a more appreciative way would be a great overarching topic. It occurred to me that this might be a way of finding our true voices again in a divisive time, finding appreciative voice. I proposed it to the great team I was working with, and we all got excited about generating ideas for it. The team took the conversation uh, to a new level from there. Yes, and so Fast Track Now, we're in the event, and as a participant in that event and that celebration, um, Sally, I was so struck by our very first activity. The first question that was put to us, the participants, was what voices are coming through? And that question had us go deep very quickly. We reflected that it's easy to block out messages coming through channels we don't want to hear, because our technologies allow us to do it these days. However, this can result in our living in echo chambers or bubbles, meaning we stay with what we know and close ourselves off from hearing the perspective of others who don't think like us. And living in the bubble limits us from exercising our appreciative voice. Collectively, we identified that when we learn to stay open and come from inquiry, we pause to listen to others, and we're less likely to jump to judgment. There were some great things that emerged from that, um, from that celebration, some great ideas about appreciative voice. So here we are, Robin, more than a year later, still exploring the possibilities for appreciative voice and choice, because we've realized that choice is the rudder that steers the boat, so to speak. We get to choose moment by moment how we use this incredible tool of voice. And appreciative voice isn't just about being nice, but it's that voice that looks for and acknowledges strengths. It's that voice that acknowledges diversity and invites us to stand up and speak to issues in a way that's still inclusive and can co-create a sense of mutual belonging. A quick aside, Sally, um, I wrote about the profound impact of appreciative voice on my life after coming back from this experience at the Cooper Writer Centre. And I wrote about it in one of my blog posts. And I also did a previous podcast episode. That's how moved I was by this content. And I'll put links to both those pieces on the show notes page, as they'll give our um, listeners some good background. So coming to right now, we have infinite choices about how we use voice in our worlds. And beyond the positive, Appreciative voice can bring forward the generative, the good, the strong, the abundant. It can bring forth the connective and the visionary, the welcoming, the compassionate, as well as the possible and the often unspoken. So what choices do we make day by day? You know, when I'm designing an appreciative inquiry event for a client, I might spend hours, days even, crafting the interview questions for the topic we've agreed on. 
But life brings situations and opportunities to us every day that we have to navigate, manage, and weigh in on. Conversations that can be tough or tender, uniting or dissolving. It requires constant improvisation every day, and our voices are the vehicle we drive. We hope this ongoing inquiry into voice will offer us the opportunity to adopt and practice new habits of voice based on the principles of appreciative inquiry. We want to be able to read and write, so to speak, in the vernacular of those principles. We want to be more literate in voice and choice. What if we consciously included what we've learned into our daily lives more often? So along with the new terms of appreciative voice and choice today, we want to introduce you to a set of literacies that provide a pathway to elevating our appreciative voice. Some of you familiar with our work may have heard some version of these literacies in process in the past couple of years. They didn't just pop up. In fact, Sally, along with several thinking partners, including me, has been working with and on these key ideas for some time. The idea of being more voice literate and of thinking of how important it is to be relationally literate in our interactions emerged at the confluence of a couple of things going on for me. First, I was working with a client organization that wanted its staff to become more skilled in cooperation. They wanted more team collaboration. And I realized that for real collaboration, there was a set of tools to learn, not just one, and that they would have to learn that set to be considered collaboration literate. Just like a number of us baby boomers who've been struggle, struggling forever, it seems, to be computer literate, it's a set of skills, not just one thing. The clients loved thinking about that, and literacies became the term they wanted to use. At the same time, I was part of my condominium community's homeowner association board, and I was miserable with how difficult it was for the board members and community residents to work together. Almost anything set us off into arguments and recriminations. And it wasn't unusual at meetings with residents that someone would, somebody would end up yelling about something or other, such as what our pet policy should be. I started thinking about what we needed more literacy in as a group. And that led me back to appreciative inquiry and what literacies were indicated from the principles and practices I had learned. I started deconstructing the practices to see what any of us had to know to apply them well, because I'd had such wonderful experiences with appreciative inquiry. The ideas began to emerge and take form then into what we're introducing today. So just to focus on the term literacy for a sec, you know, literacy is used to refer to the ability to read and write and do basic sums, um, the most basic of skills in our Western culture at least. But as we've reflected on what will be called for from us to flourish in the next iterations of our organisations and communities, we have to become literate in new ways, especially relational ones. The intention of these literacies is to enable us to bring all voices into conversations, to include all perspectives, to focus on the collective, the nature of our relational world and our increasing need for belonging and connection. What if we were always speaking into a microphone and our everyday voices carried out very far into an audience, into a stadium, onto the airwaves? What if our voices were always heard by many? We'd be more careful, wouldn't we? We'd seek more training. We'd want to be more literate. These literacies that we're 
introducing today aren't quick tricks. They're deep skills developed and practiced over time. We hope they'll become easy and welcoming building blocks of appreciative voice and appreciative agility in general. We hope they'll become habits and enable you to live out the principles more easily every day. They are an effort to dailyfy the principles. That's a term minted by Professor Lindsay Godwin, director of the Cooper Ryder Center for Appreciative Inquiry at Champlain College. We were on a conference call with her one day and she said, oh, I see what you're doing. You're trying to dailyfy the principles. And so we are. <laughs> I know she's such a source of inspiration to both of us. So Sally, why don't we roll up our sleeves and begin? Let's simply name the seven literacies so the audience will get a sense of where we're headed. And you'll see what we mean and you'll probably recognise all these concepts. So in becoming literate in appreciative voice, the first and core literacy is inviting inquiry. Perhaps that's the greatest kind of invitation we can ever make to anybody else. It's the power of the question, the inquiring voice that says, let's look together. Let's consider together. Let's share knowledge and stories together. And as many of us know, it takes a lot of focus and intention to become literate in crafting powerful questions. Then the second literacy is reframing reality, the power of perspective. It's the framing voice. Being aware of where we're placing our attention in any given moment. What are we looking at? And where are we looking from? Can we create a more powerful frame? As you may know, both reframing reality and inviting inquiry were just highlighted in Sherry Torres and Jackie Stavros's new book, Conversations Worth Having. Yeah, good book. The next literacy that builds on those two is kindling kindness. It's the compassionate voice, the power of the pause. Of course, it's about building compassion and empathy within and between us to open and engage with one another, to find the ability to embrace what is. This is an, this is an important consideration in Jeannie Coquel and Joan MacArthur Blair's new book with the title Building Resilience with Appreciative Inquiry, A Leadership Journey Through Hope, Despair and Forgiveness. And that literacy takes us straight on to the fourth one, welcoming wholeness, the welcoming voice, that constant invitation to belonging and co-ownership. It's the constant question about who needs to be at the table when we make decisions. Or as Marge Schiller, appreciative inquiry pioneer extraordinaire says, nothing about me without me. And I love that reference to Marge. Once we know we all belong, there's the literacy of connecting the collective. What do we do now that we're all here together? Everything we do or think is in relationship, even if that's only two of us. This is the power of dialogue, the engaging voice, the literacy of thinking and deciding together. A key literacy to successful thinking together and connecting up is powering the positive, the strength-based voice. Finding strengths, positive exceptions, solutions, and opportunity in the moment, rather than focusing on only the deficits. We've all had some experience with that, and we want to get better at it. There's lifelong learning on this literacy. And number seven is the literacy of finding the future, our visionary voice, the power of a shared future. 
It's that ability to assist in co-creating a shared positive image and therefore a shared topic of importance so we know where to place our attention. So we're proposing that these seven literacies are key to developing our appreciative voice and informing our choice every day. Let's run through them again, shall we? (laughs) We want to get better at each of these individually and collectively, to be able to use them daily, to dailyfy them. And you'll notice that they have an alliterative sound to them, to make them just a little bit more memorable. And here they are. Inviting inquiry. Reframing reality. Kindling kindness. Welcoming wholeness. Connecting the collective. Powering the positive. And finding the future. You know, we might be some of the best trained people on the planet for this. People who've been trained in positive psychology, strength-based methodologies, appreciative inquiry, organizational design. We've been given an enormous gift that we can, in the moment, reframe, reframe something. We can ask a generative question. We can design questions in a situation that will bring forth people's best and people's contributions. And I think we have to use those skills today, all the time. I think we actually already have a level of literacy in these seven areas that we've been, the seven areas that we've been talking about. And we maybe don't recognize just how literate we already are. Becoming literate in a daily life way in these literacies takes us on to a path of mastery, and it may take us a lifetime, and they can have an impact on our daily lives immediately. They can elevate our voices and choices, becoming literate in appreciative voice and choice. Sally, what comes to mind is a little story I'd just like to share now, And it was my first insight about finding and using one's voice to have personal agency. In my career, in my early career, I spent seven years teaching English as a second language, ESL, to adult immigrants in the workplace in my homeland, Australia. And those immigrants were political refugees from war-torn places at the time, such as Southeast Asia, the Eastern European bloc and countries in South America. I absolutely loved that job. So my epiphany as I interacted with my amazingly diverse students is that when they began to develop the literacy of speaking the English language and had a voice in their new country, they were enlivened and they began to reclaim their power. I loved that I was helping people improve their lives and by extension the lives of those around them through using language as a tool to elevate their voice They had many, many more choices in their adopted country. I love that story. And, you know, Robin, you and I have talked about the fact that we both had eras of teaching English as a second language in our youth. (laughs) And and it was one of our very favorite things we've ever done. Hmm. So appreciative voice can be a path to happiness with greater literacy and mastery over what you put out into the world. I currently have a wonderful appreciative voice teacher myself, and that's my mother, who in her mid-90s has dementia and was cared for by my sister and me for 10 years. Now she lives in a skilled nursing facility. I see her daily. She knows me, but she doesn't remember my visits. We have the same conversation four or five times during a visit. Sometimes it's so frustrating I want to yell at her or at somebody. Most listeners out there have some equivalent in their own families, I'm sure. It's tragic and quite common in our times. 
So every day I have this great voice teacher. I get to choose over and over how to behave, whether today my frustration needs voice more than my compassion for my mother. After all, she won't remember whatever I say. So she teaches me about voice and choice every day, preparing me for situations where stakes are higher and challenges greater. Mm, Yeah. So we hope that over the next nine episodes, you'll come to see how the seven literacies support appreciative voice and add to your ability to use appreciative inquiry every day and that they'll become a paddle for your canoe through your highest and best modes of expression. In our next episode, we'll go more deeply into the core life literacy of inviting inquiry, the literacy that helps us generate juicy questions just when we need them in the moment. Until next time, let's remember that the power of our words is our greatest resource. How will we choose to use it? How much better can we get at expressing our appreciative voice, becoming more resilient and agile? How much better can we become at speaking into the microphone of life? Stay tuned for our discussions. And we want to hear from you. We welcome your comments and contributions, your stories about appreciative voice and choice the habits of choice that you're mastering and the tools that you're using and recommend for educating your voice and choice and any articles you're reading and writing that relate to this big topic. You know, you can also leave comments um, in the comments section on the show notes page and you get there by going to appreciativevoice.com. And in addition, also on that page, we have a tool called SpeakPipe, which is a recording tool And then you can go there just by pressing a big red button, you can record your own voice. And if you choose to do that, there could be the opportunity that you can participate in this way in future shows. And if this topic speaks to you, consider attending the Appreciative Inquiry Community Jam this September in Burlington, Vermont, where the theme will be Elevating Appreciative Voice and Choice Every Day. Go to the show notes page to find out more at appreciativevoice.com. So this is Sally. And this is Robin. So wishing you the clearest choices for your appreciative voices. Thank you for listening in. And for more information and a list of all our topics in this season on the literacies, please go to our website, appreciativevoice.com. 